we could talk a lot about one little phrase you said, which was, there was peace there, which is counterintuitive because when you're going through a really horrible thing and you get to a place where you know you have nothing left, you wouldn't think that that would be a place of peace. Mm -hmm. But in relationship with the Lord, it is because you recognize now he's going to do what he does and I, I can't do anymore. And so all I can do is lean on him and there is peace in that. This is Study with Friends, a weekly dive into the answers and questions we find in the Bible, in the church, and the broader Christian faith. I'm Paige, and this week we are talking with a new group of women about reasons to believe. This episode is part of a series. You can get the rest of the episodes, learn more about the guests in this series, about the resources we provide, and about the larger work that we are doing at studywithfriends.org. I think a lot of times when we are doing something like this when it's like your testimony you kind of forget to look in the bible i mean i only have like i think like a few verses like written down in here and i don't have like a full story um from mine but i really enjoyed that you pulled that from the bible yeah. and like yeah i'd like the little mini lessons i thought huh. it was really good i think for those of us who know your circumstance that you alluded to mm -hmm. it's impactful because yeah. i can see the connections between that part of your life and Hannah's life. And it's it's great to know, even if you haven't read the whole Bible yet, yeah. there's something in there that's just like what you're going through. And that we serve a God. This is not news to him. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was going through what I was going through, and you and you and you and you, this ain't news to him. Mm -hmm. He's there and, he, and he's eager and he's waiting and he's waiting for you to come to the end of yourself. Mm -hmm so that you can get your answer. He's got the answer. He's waiting for you to do your part. Mm. I've said on this program, <laughs> and I say to my girls a lot, and anytime I'm teaching and it's appropriate, so I'll say it again. When you come to realize that you can't, that's not the problem, that's the solution. Mm. And that's just a different way of saying when you get to the end of yourself, that's when God can actually get you out of the way and start doing what he wanted to do all along. Yeah, mm. and there is. It's interesting. We could talk a lot about one little phrase you said, which was "there was peace there," which is counterintuitive because when you're going through a really horrible thing, yeah. and you get to a place where you know you have nothing left, you wouldn't think that that would be a place of peace. Mm -hmm. But in relationship with the Lord, it is because you recognize now He's now He's gonna do what he does and I, I can't do anymore and so all I can do is lean on him and there is peace in that yeah yeah, yeah. you actually that was a packed little section I, I really we could talk about it for quite a <laughs> quite a while but but Kate has notes so um I didn't realize I had like a theme per se but like I kind of have one um for today but <laughs> for today um I realized mine is like little things um in my life that have like kind of come to like a big thing so my biggest thing was like when I was, I mean, I grew up Christian, if that's not obvious. <laughs> um, and so I went to a Christian school and my whole life, like from three until I graduated. And it was hard for me to kind of feel the faith for like a really long time, honestly, until like junior, senior year. Um, because I would, you know, they had all these people come in to church and to school for like chapel and different things where they had like these like amazing testimonies like they were 
drug addicts or something extreme happened in their life they like you know lost like a really like close loved one and or they went through something like super traumatic and like that's what led them to their faith and i was like i mm. don't i've never experienced that mm. like you know i've had like a pretty not easy life but you know compared to theirs like a pretty easy life and you know it's like i go to church go to christian school you know like that's something that's the been, bubble yeah the bubble that's something that's been like a part of my life and so that was like the hardest thing for me like when i saw in the prompt like testimonies around you i was like oh i kind of i mean i enjoyed their testimonies but like it didn't help me so i was kind of like i don't know what to do now (laughs) (laughs) um and so and then i remember like the first time i think i heard like the holy spirit was at like our eighth grade retreat and i was like you know on fire for like a month maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like that would keep happening it was like i would hear the holy spirit and i'd be on fire for like a month or you know two or whatever and then it would just kind of you know die down and i would go back to like the same stuff that i was doing and i was kind of like i don't really want to keep doing that my whole life and then you know obviously like i had the doubts of you know is this even real and Mm kind of like what you said like stories it makes it sound fictional Mm -hmm. and again with like jonah and like other stories that sound kind of outrageous jonah's a big one (laughs) um kind of figuring out um you know if i believed or not and that was like a hard thing to do when it was like i was going to church all the time and i was at the christian school and i was scared to ask those questions and i also don't like asking for help so that was another thing um and then i was like oh wait i can just ask god for help but i think the biggest thing was trusting in god and like he's going to show me that it's real and like i don't really need to prove like the jonah story or anything right. like that just like it needs to be real for me so senior year i think it was a year that i really like kind of let go and trusted in god to just show me like the way and you know especially because that's when you're making like big life decisions you're going to college you got to mm-hmm. pick a major and just kind of trusting in him for that because i had a lot of ideas all my life of like what i wanted to be and like what i wanted to do and then I started reading my Bible and praying every day. And it also helps on like you version. They have like a little streak thing. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> to keep my like to keep going. that streak. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like even if you read just like a few verses a day, like I always thought it's like, oh, you have to read like a whole chapter or a whole book each time you open the Bible, which isn't true. And also my biggest thing recently in the past year was like asking God to show me like what he wants me to read and asking him to help me to understand it because a lot of times bible's confusing mm-hmm. and so that's something that's really helpful and just kind of talking to him like a conversation not like a list of things that you have to pray for and um making it a relationship i think that's the biggest thing because i didn't have a relationship growing up it was just kind of like a this is what i do mm-hmm. and um that once I made that change over to a relationship, I think that's when it really started to like blossom and become something that I'm like, okay, like this is real mm-hmm. and I believe in this. And um, I have- Wait, so can I, I have so many questions. <laughs> She's like firing through. <laughs> <laughs> should I wait until you're done or oh, should no, I? No, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so first you said like in eighth grade you had um, retreats or whatever, and then you would really experience the Holy Spirit and then you have- kind of carry that and then it just kind of died down this is something i like to try to unpack with lifers because you don't even sometimes see the forest for the trees when you've just been immersed in this your whole life but 
And it's so funny because um, most people don't recognize what I was kind of saying when I said family or friends, the testimony of family or friends. Mm -hmm. For lifers, that's your parents. Mm. You know? Like, I'm not trying to play the parent card here because, you know, I love you girls, but um, <laughs> they are kind of like adopted daughters to me. And so I'm not trying to like, you know, make that overinflated, but, but we can't underestimate it either. Like, why were you even at that retreat? Why were you even at that school to be available? You know, your parents set you on a path. Um, and so I, I think it's harder for, for people who have been raised that way to recognize that that's a reason for them to have faith that their parents held on to their faith in such a strong way that they felt that that was a priority to raise their their children in that way um i know your parents are really faithful people your parents are really faithful people and it's just so baked in that maybe we don't say oh man the faith of my parents you know watching them go through like not, none of us have ever ha have had a completely smooth and easy life. Mm -hmm. So holding on to the faith for all these years, it gets in with a lifer, mm -hmm. you know, like you don't even realize you're like, well, of course. And, and I also know that when you've been raised in it, there is that moment to be like, have I been brainwashed? Have I just been, mm -hmm. I remember one of my friends said to me, would I even believe in Christianity if I were born in like India? Is it just cultural? You know, she was a lifer. Her parents were very involved in church. And so I get that there's a tension there between recognizing that as a foundation of faith and questioning that as uh, an indoctrination that you didn't really have a choice about. Am I making sense? I get yes, that there's yes. a tension there. But I think it's, it's, it's good to take a moment to say when your parents, I mean, in the Bible says, you know, the generations of belief there's a lot that talks about like the inheritance of belief and how God honors that. But for you, you were in those situations because your parents made a choice based on their faith. You were presented with opportunities to explore and question and experience your faith because your parents placed you in that environment. Do you know what I mean? So I think, I don't know if it's technically a reason to believe, but I think it's a reason it's 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 reasonable to see God at work through those things in your life. And when you come to the point where your faith is your own and you believe it and it's you know, you're talking about the journey that you had to get to, to that on your own there. Every piece of what you said to me, there was something that I heard there, which was at the core. You had a reason to think that it was true, a reason to think that you should trust God. She was like, well, what I decided was to make it a relationship. What I decided was to just trust. And there's got to be some kind of foundation mm -hmm. under that. Mm -hmm. Nobody just wakes up an atheist one day and then says, you know what? I'm just mm -hmm. deciding to, tr I mean, maybe some people do. I shouldn't say nobody ever does, but do you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. usually some groundwork that's done and however that groundwork gets done, maybe it's parents, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's another relationship in your life, maybe it's a book you read or something you watched, but there's some foundational cause that even gives you the inkling that you could trust him. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. To where you were like on this journey in high school, you were like, well, I got to make it a relationship and not mm -hmm. just rote. I have a question about that point when you brought up when you were in high school, how that's when... It became a relationship. Mm -hmm. So 
when it became a relationship, did it change the way you read the Bible? And it, did it change the way you talked about your faith to other people once it became a relationship? Um, that's a great question. That is a really good question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, um, oh boy. <laughs> uh, for reading the Bible, definitely it changed. It changed into, instead of me just kind of like, oh, I have to read this, like actually wanting to understand it and then starting my thing of like mm-hmm. asking every, every time before I read to like show me like what it is that he wants me to like lean from it and to understand even, um, I'm in like Exodus right now. And just kind of to understand, like, what um, he wants me to understand from it and, like, how to, like, understand it better. Because, like, when I was a kid, Exodus was probably, like, my favorite just because, I don't know, I liked the Ten Plagues story. But there's literally, like, so many chapters after that. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wanted to, like, go through it again. um, Because it's not just, like, it's not a story. Like, Mm -hmm. it actually happened. And to, like, fully understand what happened there and why instead of just, like, oh, this is fun. Like, they're doing Mm -hmm. all these things (laughs) and, like... You know, God is, like, showing... The adventure of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what changed for me with the relationship with reading the Bible. And then um, I think, especially when I went to college, um, I have a lot of friends that um, aren't believers. And they see, like, what I call, like, toxic Christianity. Um, and that's you know all they see is like the people on the streets yelling at people Mm -hmm. and you know harassing people and like not you know spreading the word with love and um you know every once in a while like things will come up and then i'll like say to them like that's not how it should be like that's not how it's supposed to be like that's not how i view it like it's a relationship to me it's not like something it's not like a chore it's not a weapon Mm. it's not a weapon either Mm -hmm. yeah um and how we're supposed to use you know, be, I mean, <laughs> spread the word with love and not um, with hate or with anything like that. And to be understanding of people that aren't believers. I think the biggest thing is um, with toxic Christianity is that they expect non-believers to do things that we do as believers. Mm-hmm. And that's not fair of us to expect that because they don't believe. Mm-hmm. And I think that was like a big thing for me in like the past couple of years is realizing like, they're not going to do things that we do as believers. They're not going to understand, um, you know, why we do these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're not going to do them because, like, that's not part they're of their life. They're not motivated by the relationship. Yeah, they're not yeah. motivated. And our job is to share the gospel first and not just be like, this. you have to believe all these things. Like, exactly. And do the, all the these things. The most important yeah. thing is Jesus and his death and resurrection. And, like, exactly. that should be our forefront, not, you know, like, just yelling yeah. at them to do something. Yeah. Because I think when I was younger... They would be like, I mean, they never said outright, like, you know, I used to tell this person they're a sinner. But, like, I mean, that's an important part of it. But you can't just, like, go up to someone mm-hmm. and be like, you're a sinner. Mm-hmm. And then be like, yeah, but God loves you and, <laughs> you know, all this stuff. It's like you have to start that with God later, loves yeah. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to start with God loves you and start with not, like, necessarily the good things. I mean, you have to, you know, also bring in, like, the bad things of it. But to understand, you can't expect it's you can't expect them to be like us you know Mm. what i mean or and i think that's the biggest thing um and like whenever people get shocked of like oh they're doing all these things that are like evil or you know um like satanic or whatever else or people are just kind of doing things that aren't of god that aren't believers we can't 
I don't think that it's fair for us to um like ridicule ridicule mm-hmm. them for that and mm-hmm. also it's not fair of us to um judge them for that and also we shouldn't be judging people anyway because we're all sinners we all sin and And it's it's important like when you're talking to your friends at college and stuff to show them how freeing the gospel is Mm. and not like Mm. constricting in the way that a lot of people make it seem like well said how much freedom you can have after the gospel transforms you and like you don't need to do all those sinful things because like you just have so much freedom in christ Mm. you know like yeah you're showing them that and not you're showing them the good side of it, not the bad side, you know? Yeah, what exactly. they would call the yeah, bad side. Yeah, what they would side. call yeah. the bad side, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to yeah. them. And it's just kind of like, you know, it's eye-opening and stuff like that. And I think also they think, oh, I'm going to have to, like, stop doing all these, like, fun things in my life. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of them aren't that fun when you, like, really think about mm-hmm. it. And then also sometimes um, there are still, like, fun things yeah. that you can still do and be a believer, for example. <laughs> Um, people are like, oh, I'm not going to be able to drink anymore or something like that. Like, yeah, you can. It's just like you have to be mindful and, you know, obviously not get like crazy or mm-hmm. anything like that. People think of, of like, oh, you can't do anything anymore, which is not Yeah, true. I think a lot of people think that Christianity is just a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that. I, and I mean, not think that anymore, but like I used to think mm-hmm. that. So. And that's the difference. Yeah. Rules versus relationship. Then what is motivating you? a carrot or a stick mm-hmm. you know especially because like the rules aren't what saves you you know like yeah. those things like they're not the most important part you know mm-hmm. and once you become a christian like you realize that and you realize that like oh it's not me following the rules it's me following jesus you know mm-hmm. and and entering into relationship more and more deeply by learning how he created me to live and living that way and therefore getting more intimacy with him mm-hmm. as I yeah. clear out the things that are of the world or my flesh or the enemy, that I clear those things out of my life mm-hmm. that leaves room for better relationship with him. And, you know, there's something to be said, uh, you know, people are like, oh, there's no rule book for raising kids. There's no rule book for life. I'm like, but there is. Mm-hmm. And not a, not a rule book, like an instruction book. Mm-hmm. You know, and if God truly created us, then he would have the instruction manual. And if we, you know, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how many of us have tried to put something together without the instruction manual or fix something without the instruction manual. It's really helpful when you have the person who made the thing tell you how to fix or use the thing. Um, And so I think about it that way. You know, it's not it's not about the rules or the the exertion of like behave it's not a behavior modification program that's not what christianity is it's about having a relationship and being motivated by the relationship and understanding my relationship to my creator and how he was merciful to write down letters to me that that let me know how he created me to have the best life that i can have here Mm. that seems quite different than here's a whole bunch of rules that I have to follow, whether I like it or not, you know? So that was really good. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I wanted to ask you about was, um, and, and I still want to hear the rest of your thing, but <laughs> you said some, some really great things. I didn't want to just 
glide past. The other one was I heard in several cases so far of what you've shared that you have developed, established, reestablished, reaffirmed a habit of being present with the Lord. You said you're reading through. You talked about the U version of which you said U version. We have to be careful. That's an app. It's a Bible app in case people don't know (laughs) (laughs) Um, that, you know, you can read like pieces a day and it has plans, Bible reading plans. Um, And you said about like, I like to keep my streak. What you were really, the undercurrent of what you were saying there was looking for ways to keep your good habits. Mm -hmm. And so I was wondering if you could speak to the relationship, sorry, the correlation between habit and relationship. Um, do you understand what I'm asking? I think so. Does anybody else want to jump in on that? Um, the first thing that popped in my mind, well, maybe it's because I'm trying to drop a few pounds, is the correlation between the habit of working out and relationship with my body. Mm-hmm. You know, if 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 whenever I develop the habit of getting on the treadmill, when I don't do it, I feel like I didn't do something I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And once I like protect that habit and you know embrace it, I start to see a difference in my body. So I see that correlation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get it now. Okay, that was good. <laughs> um, so to answer that question, um, the biggest thing with that, um, with the Bible app that I use, um, I had like a huge streak when I was first trying to um, read the Bible every day because like I wanted to, not because I was like, I need to, mm-hmm. you do need to, but um, I wanted to make it a thing where I wanted to do it because that's a lot of my life was like, I, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. I love um, that you called it a chore. Yeah. yeah. That's how it, it you know, that's what it, it sometimes like. can, can feel that way. Um, so um, I like utilized that streak as like a motivation to keep me going. And then I just started kind of doing it on my own. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing was, I had like a really high streak of like over a hundred days, and then I lost it. I don't remember, like, just because of like timing or something like that. And I was like, oh well. And like, I just kept re- like I kept remembering to read. So like, I used the streak. I mean, I don't really care about it that much now. But my point was to remember to always read like a little bit of the Bible each day. Yeah. And it worked. And um, and like you said, with when you don't work out, when I don't read the Bible, I'm like, oh, like I didn't read my Bible today. Um. And I'm glad now that it's something that I'm like, oh, I forgot to do that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I just do it, you know, in that moment. Because um, before, when I was inconsistent, I would like for, you know, I'd be trying to read it every day. And then I would forget and I'd be like, I wouldn't remember like that mm-hmm. I you mm-hmm. know, forgot to it read. It didn't stick out. Yeah. And now it does. And I think that's a big thing is finding even something silly, like a little streak mm-hmm. to develop it, the habit. Yeah, to develop the habit. Hi again, it's Paige. Thanks again for joining us in our study today. We hope that you found some great truths to apply to your life and encouragement for your faith as you continue to mature in your walk with Jesus. We here at Study With Friends are modeled more like a small group. We want to encourage you to continue your growth through the local church. If you don't have a church home, we encourage you to find one where the Bible is taught in every situation. 
Study with Friends is a completely donor-supported ministry. And if we have blessed you, would you consider donating to us? Monthly partnerships are particularly helpful, but no amount is too small. We'd also love to stay connected. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can stream us on the go wherever you are with iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. And now you can watch the ladies on YouTube. If all that seems to be a bit too much for you, feel free to email us. You can find our email address on our website, studywithfriends.org. While you're there, you can check out a myriad of other resources we have that are all free for you. We hope you have a great week and we'll see you next time when we study with friends.